Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Murray's gonna score! Touchdown! Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. Where, oh where, are the Arizona Cardinals headed? Well, based on the news today from NFL International, they could be going to London next season to play Minnesota. They could be going to Munich to play Carolina. Good for a guy with the last name of Wolfley. Or they could be going to Sao Paulo, Brazil to play Miami. Oh, boy. But we're not really talking about the schedule in terms of where for Art Thou. We're talking about the direction and standing and trajectory of this team right here, right now, the way you finish 2023 as you launch into 2024. And we've got a big red rage to talk about it. Paul Calby, see Ron Wolfley, soon to be joined by his better half, older brother Craig Wolfley, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Polly, I'd have to say right now, of those three cities that you just pointed out, I would have to go with Munich. I think if I had my druthers, Paul, I'd go with Munich. How about you? Well, London, we've been there and done that. So it's down to (laughs) Munich and then Brazil. I'll tell you what, as crazy as they are about football in Germany, and once again, they had over a million people in queue trying to get tickets for those NFL games in Germany. (laughs) The whole Brazil experience would be intriguing because that would be a first of its kind in the NFL to be uh, play the Miami Dolphins in Brazil. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad either, yeah. Polly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a consolation yeah. prize. That's I took right. that one. Either way, sign me up, okay? Sign me up for the Arizona Cardinals. Based, based on what we just saw, especially the last month plus of the season. I mean, Ron Wolfie, does it not feel good to have a direction? Does it not feel good to have a foundation? Does it not feel good to once again know you have a franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray? Yeah, Paulie, it really, really does. Um, It's just amazing to think that the season before, of course, last year, uh, 2022, they finished four and 13, and now here it is, 2023, that season, and they finished four and 13. Paul, the the difference between 2022's four and 13 and 2023's four and 13 is night and day, and it's all because there is a direction. It's all because there is culture. It's all because there is genuine hope for this football team going forward, and Kyler Murray is right in the middle of it. No doubt. It's not only what we saw, it's what we heard. What we heard from opponents. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to talk to your brother, who's an analyst for the Steelers, about what T.J. Watt said after the Cardinals went into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers at their own game. T.J. Watt saying, we got our bleeps kicked. So it wasn't just what you did, it's how you did it. It was the style, and it was the enthusiasm 
of everyone down the stretch, in particular the head coach. And here's what he said when he was asked, what was your final parting message to the team? We've been through a lot of adversity this year, but I've never been more enthused going into an offseason. We found a lot about out who we are and who's going to be a part of this thing. And uh, I'm just really excited to get to the offseason and grow and improve and learn. And and as I told them, get on the war path in 2024. Here we come. Need I remind you, Ron Wolfley, our marketing mantra, only half serious. Uh, earlier this year when I said a 2023 dip for a 2024 <laughs> rip. I mean, to what degree are you poised for a big breakout season now that they know what they have? Now that yeah. they've established what they are, no more of this trying to assess and establish. No, now you are poised to take the next step as an organization. Right, Paulie. And f- for me right now, and you, you know how big I am on culture, but for me right now, I'm so encouraged because Monty Ossonfort and JG, they know exactly the kind of player they want to bring into that locker room, Paul. Dang. They know exactly the kind of player. They, it doesn't matter, Paul, if it's going to be the holder on extra point and field goal. It doesn't matter if it's going to be a wide receiver or it's going to be a cornerback or it's going to be a linebacker, whatever it may be. They know the type of person they want to bring inside this, this paradigm known as an NFL locker room. And that, to me, is culture. It has been established and the physicality and the toughness and the accountability and the discipline and the smarts and everything they're looking for in a dude, they know what they're going to bring into that locker room. And that, to me, is the foundation. That's what culture is. It's who we are and how we do things and what we do. And now you know the plug-and-play guy you want to bring in. I'm encouraged because of that foundation. Yeah, 11 picks in this draft, six in the first 80 or so draft slots. So you have all that. But it is amazing, too, to me, if you want to hit zoom out, that how effective you can be as an NFL team when you have two positions correct, head coach and quarterback. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean look at the Rams right now. They've won seven out of eight. They're rolling into the playoffs. They have Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford's a Pro Bowl quarterback. Again, look at a, an up-and-coming team like a Houston Texans outfit with D'Amico Ryans and now C.J. Stroud, right? You get those two spots right. It's amazing how you can mask and erase a lot of other deficiencies like the Cardinals did in that final month when Kyler, over his final three starts, 71-99. That's a 72% completion percentage, six touchdowns, one pick, arguably not his fault because it was Michael Wilson who had a miscommunication, a passer rating of 108, and then he actually almost ran for 100 yards as well, including that 33-yard burst in the finale against Seattle. When Kyler's playing like that, you don't need to have the world's best roster. Yeah, no, you're right about that, Paulie. I mean, honestly, this team should have been 4-4 four and four with Kyler Murray as their starter. And although you don't want to look at your franchise quarterback and say, wow, we should be a 500 team, this roster is still in a state of flux, Paul. It, it's nowhere even close to what it's going to be next year. There were a lot of guys on this team this year that I don't think are going to be here next year, Paulie. And, you know, for me, that means an awful lot. Um, you know, Kyler Murray had not played in a football game for almost a year, Paul. Yep. And somehow, some way, found a way to go out there and be three and five as a starter, but play above my expectation 
and evolve his game most importantly. Well, you heard what Michael Wilson told us from the locker room after the finale against Seattle. It took time. Those were his words. It just took time for Kyler to learn the receivers, for the coaches to learn the skill sets and the strong suits of the players, for everyone to learn the offense and, and learn their quarterback. So you have the third youngest team in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals. They just played the second toughest schedule, right? They beat three playoff teams in Dallas, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia. Yeah. There was also the fact that how many times were they down at halftime and they fought back to either take the lead or make it a one-score game. You know, teams in the past would have not have competed like that for a full 60 minutes. So that's why Kyler Murray, when addressing the media, he said the following about what he's seen so far in this team and this coaching staff. There is a lot to look forward to, and um, you know, I'm excited about it. You know, I know the guys are excited about it. Trust and believe in Monty and JG and what you know what they got going and what they're building here. It's a complete 180. You know, and um, I'm happy, man. I'm happy, uh, happy in the position that we're in. And, and there's no doubt. You know, we asked we asked Jonathan Gannon about it at the very end of the interview there after the Seattle game that you are certain that confidence can carry over. Momentum doesn't carry over from one season to the next, but confidence does. And he answered immediately with a resounding yes, Wolf. What do you think, what is it about that that he means? For those who haven't played the game, how is it that confidence can carry over? Yeah, you know, his confidence, I think of Kyler Murray, front and center, the guy that you just played that cut from, Kyler Murray. Here's a guy where the confidence that he gained from playing under center and evolving himself as a person and evolving this offense because of that, the fact that now all of a sudden you've got him, this new offense and this new offensive scheme and the demands you're going to put on him from under center, he knows in his heart that he can actually do it. Why? Because he's done it in a game. He did it and got better every game, if you ask me, in regard to playing under center and evolving that part of his offense right now. That is the kind of confidence, knowing in your heart you can get that done, knowing in your heart going into next year you're you're already going to master under center, being in the gun, being in pistol right now. You've got nothing to fear in this offense. And once you know that, Paul, it changes everything. I never thought we would see Kyler under center 30 times in a single yes. game. I yep. never thought I'd see a Cardinals offense rush for over 200 yards in three of the last four games. Yep. It's amazing when Kyler says a 180. That's in multiple ways when you talk about the Cardinals from the beginning of 2023 to the end. Hey, join the Cardinals season ticket priority list. Uh, 2024 opponents include the Bears, Chargers, Patriots, Jets, Lions, Commanders, and, of course, the NFC West. Go to azcardinals.com slash priority list. All right, when we come back, dueling Wolfleys on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray takes, turns, handoff Connor, sprinting to his left, finds some room at the 20, at the 15, loose at the 10, and into the end zone for the touchdown. James Conner from 29 yards out. That drive was all about James Conner. When you hammer the box, there's going to be a leak. And that was a huge leak from the Seattle Seahawks box. Handoff Conner off the right side across the 25, 30, 35, 40. He's got 1,000 at midfield and steps out there. First 1,000-yard season for James Conner. So let's see, one Pittsburgh import worked out pretty well in James Conner. So we're going to go to the Steel City for another here. 
Because, Ron Wolfley, you're familiar with all the playoff storylines, right, as we go into the postseason here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Let's see. We have Matthew Stafford against Detroit, uh, Mike McCarthy against Green Bay, Tyreek Hill against Kansas City, and Craig Wolfley against his native Buffalo. <laughs> How about that? As we have dueling Wolfleys here on the Big Red. You guys might need to identify yourselves before you speak because folks might get your voices confused. I mean, Ron, what, I mean, you know, here we go. Why don't you welcome your brother into the show? Yeah, Craig, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. How you doing? I'm doing great. I, I, I truly want to know, how weird is it that you're going to be going back to the park, Orchard Park, New York? Is that a little weird for you? Well, you know how it is. We grew up 2.4 miles from that stadium. A lot of dreams, a lot of joy was had as we grew up there. You know, I mean, I even played yeah. a college game there my senior year in college, you know, when we played University of Miami at then Rich Stadium. And I always thought that, you know what, I, I, I heard rumors. Uh, they, the Bill said, hey, they'd sign you as a free agent. Well, you know what, it didn't last because Chuck drafted me back in the 1980 in the fifth round. So, you know, I never <laughs> – and, and by the way, when when somebody signs your paycheck, it's okay. I'm not, I was a big Steelers fan then. You know what I mean? And Chuck, you're talking about the legendary Chuck Knoll, and you played yes. a decade for the Steelers. So, uh, yeah. And you know what? As the Steelers analyst right now, you're real familiar with the highlight we just heard, James Conner, who just had his first 1,000-yard season. I, I voted for him as team MVP because he's more than a player to me, Craig. He's a mentality. He's a mindset. Just the toughness that he brings, the Cardinals feed off that, and they just finished a season where they had the fourth-ranked rushing attack in the NFL. You tell us about your experiences and what you saw during his Pittsburgh days, James Conner. You know, I just love the life story of James Conner. His overcoming attitude, his desire to be great was just huge. And I was privileged enough that I got to do a show with him every Tuesday night at the Giant Eagle here in Rob's. Robinson up in, uh, you know, it's a little bit of ways from my house here. And and it was always fun because he was just so engaging. He would, you know, was, was one of those guys that reaches out to the fans and the fans reached out to him. How many times did I see pregame James go out and he'd, you know, go out early to warm up and he'd see a sign that says, I can overcome cancer because you overcame cancer. And he would go up inevitably and, and give words of encouragement, love people, who pour life into other people. And James Conner is one of those guys that pours life into other people. So, Craig, speaking of other people, too, it's not just obviously off the field that you're talking about. James Conner also impacts a lot of guys in between those white lines, right? It's it's because of how hard he plays, right? Oh, he plays so hard. You know, again, overcoming the, the cancer while he was, you know, coming up for the draft. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, to think that the confidence, that, that the determination when, uh, you know, he talks about how he was so weak and so forth that he couldn't do this or that when he first started training for it. I mean, his life story is just an inspiration to anybody that takes a, a minute or two to read about it and to and to listen to him talk as he talks with passion. He talks with great confidence and determination. I love the kid. The young man is just an overcomer and uh He's got my respect as, as being a real as a real tough guy because you watch him play, man. He's all about toughness, but he's just he's a lot of heart. 
Steelers analyst, former Steeler Craig Wolfley, our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. So we asked the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, midseason, how much does this team feed off of James Conner? He said, I feed off James Conner. That's the kind of impact. Here's what James Conner had to say recently, just on being an example for his teammates. I think it's just something that comes with it, you know, when you handle your business day in and day out and then accepting every challenge that comes with it, you know, and always wanting to be a leader. And, uh, you know, eventually you, you do this thing long enough, you play long enough in the league, that role just comes to you. It just comes with it, and I accept that challenge and responsibility. So he's in his prime right now, Craig. And you combine that with a run-first Cardinals offense that features a Kyla Murray, who now is at the point where he, he runs when he wants to. You know, it's not so vital for this Cardinals offense. How lethal do you think that makes that this Cardinals offense? Because you saw it firsthand when the Cardinals came in December to Pittsburgh and got out of there with a win. No question about it. I mean, that's a one-two punch of incredible athletic talent. To watch that talent operate and see where it'll evolve to, looking forward to seeing what you guys can do with that. The other thing I wanted to add about James, too, he does does that leadership thing like it's so natural for him. He wears leadership like water wears wet. It's just part of who he is, and it comes out, and you can see that effect on other guys and what it means to be to have him in the huddle because he really just does a great job doing what he does, whether it's picking up blitzes, catching the ball, or, or, or busting through a tackle. And now you got Kyler Murray, another guy in there with incredible amount of athleticism. Get Zooks, man. I mean – I, I wonder what I always wonder what it'd be like to have that kind of athletic ability. I sure as heck didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Craig? Though what's interesting about this is I think James Conner has an impact, as I said, on other guys around him. But more specifically, I would say offensive linemen. You blocked with, yeah. for Franco Harris. I mean, yeah. you know, can can you relate to that at all? That the kind of impact that a hard running back like James Conner can have on a guy at the point of attack? There's no question. When you watch a Franco take that rock and then hit the two trap and he hits it lickety split, (laughs) runs over somebody, then outraces somebody, you'll love that. You want to be part of it. I remember on Flow 36, oh, my goodness, we get out there and I'm I'm going outside the linebacker. I feel Franco pushing me. He's pushing me from behind like, run, run faster. I'm like, I'm running as fast as I can, dude, you know. But the fact is, You'll love his, his competitiveness and his determination. And I've always had the greatest respect for people like Franco Harris. Again, another guy who his toughness and everything else was legendary, but also his willingness to pour life into other people. Yeah. He was always about that, you know. And that's where I just came to have such respect for a lot of these guys that I didn't know them when it, before I got to the, you know, the Steelers. But then you see how they live their life story how they, they are so yeah. what involved in community affairs or just in the lives of their teammates, little things that they do. And it was just always, uh, it was always known to me that these guys are special. Hey, Craig Wolfley is our guest. And you've been around Mike Tomlin his whole Steelers career. And, and we can see him from the outside. But to have 17 non-losing seasons, 11 playoff bursts now, what is it about Tomlin behind the scenes because we've marveled at Jonathan Gannon how he's been able to hit the reset button on culture with the Cardinals how does Tomlin get it done what's his formula leadership and consistency I mean this guy is always leading from the front he's another of those guys that wears water like you know wears wet like water wears wet you know what I mean he just leadership is what he's all about 
and he has the same message. He's always the same. You know, whether you're in the middle of a two, three game losing streak or in the middle of a two, three game winning streak, he's all about coming in, getting the work in, doing it, then rolling up his sleeves the next day, coming in, doing the work and getting after it. You know exactly where you stand with Mike. I've never left the room with Mike not knowing where I stood with him in a conversation or anything like that. He's just one of those guys that looks right into your eyes, tells you what what you need to know or, or you know what he's doing, and then that's it. And um, you appreciate that as a player. When you have, I always thought, and Ronnie, I think you you know you would probably back me up on this. Consistency of messaging from the head coach oh, yeah. is so oh, important yeah. because yes. when you if you got a guy that stands up there and he's leaking, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, and whether it's character <laughs> or integrity, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, you, you have no respect, and, and that changes how you view things. But Mike Tomlin is a guy you got ultimate respect for, and he leads from the front. Absolutely, Craig. Totally agree with everything you just said right there. Let me ask you about the Buffalo Bills. Your opponent coming up here in the playoffs, you're going back to Orchard Park. Of course, the Steelers are playing the Bills. Tell me about what you see with the Bills. Oh, man, you know what? Everything begins and ends with Josh Allen. You know, this guy, is, he's accounted for 86% of the touchdowns scored by the Buff Bills in 2023. When you put on the tape, you see the excellent athleticism. You see the, um, his ability to strong-arm the throws and make touch throws, his ability to get out on the fringe and, and extend plays. He, he's going to make life difficult, very difficult for the Steelers. Now, the one thing about it is, You've got weather forecasts set up there that makes it non-conducive to throw in the ball, quite frankly. Well, you know what? He's kind of used to that. You know, the weather, be it yeah. big winds or whatever, he can judge those. It's going to be a little bit different from Mason. But, you know, coming from the Baltimore game, which was a winter typhoon there, for crying out loud, he set a <laughs> franchise record of, of completing 18 of 20 passes. I think he's going to be able to adjust fairly quickly. But they've got a good running game. You've got Stephon Diggs on the outside. You've got a two-tiered tight end uh, with Knox and Kincaid that are doing a, a great job there. Good offensive line. You've got some good defenders. They've got some people that are a little nicked up. It's going to be, I think, a, a great opportunity for the Steelers to go in there. You've got to be able to run the ball because yeah. you can't run the ball with these guys. If you give Josh Allen too much time of possession, he'll run you out of not just out of the stadium but out of the state. You know, if you part of the problem is when you're down at TJ Watt, um, that's yeah. that's significant. That's a huge hit for the Steelers' defense. Yeah, no doubt he is out of this game. Yet the Steelers have a three-game winning streak behind Mason Rudolph. Uh, is it as much about Mason Rudolph or the fact they finally found their run game with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris? Well, it's a combination. And Mason, here's the thing that I love about Mason. You know, you go back to when he was drafted. I believe it was twenty. 18, somewhere in there, um, six, yeah, six years or so ago. Um, they, when they tested him, one of the things that they had was these psychological profiles, right? Well, his mental toughness, his mental toughness was off the charts, they say. And you know what? You see it playing out now because this has been a guy who's been dismissed by, oh, the, you know, the, the, some players, by opponents, by the fans, overlooked sometimes yes. ridiculed, and yet you watch him. He came to work every day and battled and battled and battled, and you see the good things that, you know, you hear a lot of times people say, yeah, I got the will to win. Well, do you have the will to prepare to win? Yeah. You hear some people say, yeah, I do that. Well, you know what? 
this guy hasn't seen a playing field but for one time in 2021 and one time in 2020. In between starts, his last start and this start was over 700 days. Wow. What's he been doing? You know what he's been doing? He's been preparing. He's been out there getting practice squad Great reps. Point. He's been out there doing things. And you know what you see? You see him doing the nuances of quarterbacking. You know, the moving safeties with your eyes, shoulder fakes, things like that. The little things that you might not think of when you've been over off the field over 700 days. You know what I mean? Craig, thank you so much. I thank mean, you, bro. It's uh, outstanding, right? We had two members on this show right now uh, from the Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. Although Ron cannot say that in 1981 he finished fifth in the world's strongest man competition. Uh, knowing my brother, he'd have somehow pulled off a fourth. <laughs> he'd have one yeah. up me somehow. That's right. I love you, bro. Love you, bro. Love to the family, too. Tell Steph we all love her. All the kids. Okay. There you go. Craig Wolfley, everyone. Steelers analyst going up to Buffalo, his hometown, for that playoff matchup coming up this weekend. We'll get into some other playoff matchups and the future of the Arizona Cardinals, especially with the offseason underway. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. And they're going to fake it, it looks like. Yep, they bring Murray back in. They got Prater lined up wide left. Murray takes the snap, back to throw, lobs right side to McBride, caught in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Tyler Murray on fourth down, throws to the right, McBride in the back of the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown. Let it ride, says Jonathan Gannon. He knows you're the franchise quarterback. He's a big-time leader of this team. I won't tell you all the conversations we have, but he knows he's the closest thing to me out there. So I want him to operate in a certain way, and he's uh, went above my expectation for what that looks like. And I think he's only continued to get better, and we got to get better together, and um, he will. So without Kyler Murray, the end of last season and the first half of this season, the Arizona Cardinals went 1-13. With Kyler Murray, you saw what was possible wins at Philadelphia, right? I mean, just big performances where he elevated not just the offense, but the entire team. In fact, the Cardinals offense, minus Kyler Murray this season, was 26th ranked overall with Kyler Murray, ranked ninth in the NFL. And that was with a learning curve still being navigated by Kyler Murray. Really didn't get into a rhythm until the final three games. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Special thanks again to Craig Wolfley, older brother of Ron Wolfley, Steelers analyst, getting ready to dress in layers for his trip to Buffalo for a playoff (laughs) game where the Cardinals are looking to the offseason. And what do you think? Look, we've seen every snap of Kyler's career, right? But what do you think Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon learned firsthand watching Kyler in the final eight games of the season? That he can play from under center and he can throw the ball from the pocket. Once again, Paulie, this this is really, really big for Kyler Murray going forward. I, I remember his cut. Uh, what Kyler said about this offense going forward before this season started, before training camp, where he said, hey, listen, you know what, I'm, I'm up for anything right now. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but basically what he was talking about is, hey, listen, if it doesn't work, we have to move in a different direction. And and I wasn't crazy about that, Bully, when I heard him say that because I thought, oh, man, don't set yourself up for failure right here. Kyler Murray did anything but fail. He He should be so encouraged 
right now. Kyler Murray, Paul, I'm encouraged because I think Kyler Murray is encouraged. He knows beyond a shadow of a doubt he can do everything that this offense and what Drew Petzing and J.G. want him to be capable of doing. He can do it all, and that encourages me, and it's got to encourage him. No doubt. I mean, you know, I asked him before the Seattle game about just being under center and how much more comfortable he felt and he went into a long explanation, and along the way he said he had asked for it in the past, which I found yeah. surprising. But he did welcome it to the point where he's under center 30 times against Seattle. Not only that, but I just thought he really looked natural by week 18, did it not? He's got the ball on the hip. He's got yes. his back to the defense. I mean, he, he's, he's uh, freezing those linebackers for half a second. They're not exactly sure where the ball is. And I think what you heard was complete buy-in from Kyler Murray. He realizes it does indeed stress a defense. Yeah, it does, Paulie. And, and once again, it's because you've got to be capable of doing whatever you need need to do to beat your opponent some guys paulie i mean think about it some some teams front sevens aren't good they're 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 not good and because of that you know what you're going to do you're going to run the ball attack them in a very north south kind of way and then you're going to use play action from under center to burn those guys and it's going to open up the middle of the field because those linebackers are going to be sucking up on that second level it Look, it's been around since the beginning of football, and it works. And because of that, again, you've got to be capable of doing whatever you need to be. Sometimes, hey, listen, it's going to be a situation where they're only going to have five to eight snaps under center because maybe you want to get in a shotgun and you want to throw the ball because you think this team's secondary is not good. Whatever it is, you you need to be capable of doing it all. And I think... Kyler Murray has learned that he can do it all, orchestrate it and execute it. So going back to your earlier scenario, when you know a front seven isn't good, like, oh, I don't know, the Seattle Seahawks, who had been the league's worst run defense over the last half dozen games coming in, so all of a sudden the Cardinals go in, they run it 38 times for 206 yards, 5.4 yards a carry, and to your point, this team, this coaching staff, this quarterback is willing to do whatever it takes to game plan accordingly for the weaknesses of the opponent. Yes, Paulie, and here's the great thing about it, too. The the butt guts up front, okay, the offensive linemen. Paul, they love getting into a Donnybrook on the line of scrimmage. They love brawling on the line of scrimmage. This is who they are. And every time you put that quarterback under center for the most part, Man, you're, yeah, the defense kind of knows what it is that you're going to do. You're basically going to run five plays out of that. They've watched you on tape. The problem is now they got to start it. And the offensive line knows as soon as you put that quarterback, you, you put that quarterback under center, the offensive line knows the onus is on them. You're telling them, hey, listen, they know what's coming. Still, we demand that you go block it. And that, to me, they like that kind of responsibility, Paulie. And it fires me up. It gets me jacked up because when you put a quarterback under center, the defense knows what's coming, and I don't care. Now we're going to run over you anyways. That, that is a challenge to your offensive linemen, and that's one of the reasons why I love it. Well, Cardinals got the win at Pittsburgh. You heard the respect Craig Wolfley had uh, in the last segment talking about the combination of a Kyla Murray and James Conner. And here's what the head coach had to say about his franchise QB. 
I really think sky's the limit. I think that he can hit another level. I know our team can. I know the offense can. Yeah, I mean, with that guy playing quarterback for us, I know we can win every game. And they had that three-game stretch towards the end where the receivers weren't getting very involved, but then the final two games, it came alive, especially Michael Wilson, right? And he talked at length after the game just about the process. It took time. It took time for the chemistry to develop. Game reps are so critical. You can't really replicate it. you know. And then Kyler under center. We talked about that. Here's Kyler Murray just talking about the process of learning to play under center. It wasn't too difficult. Had a lot of mental reps in the offseason. Uh, they, they prepared me very well, you know, for my time to come back. And so when I, when I came back, it was as seamless as possible. You know, I, I think for me, it was just about getting these reps in and, and going into the offseason, God willing, healthy. And, um, you know, like I said, getting, getting ready to roll, you know, next season. So, Wolf, where do you think mm. this offense evolves next? You have a full offseason. Yeah. They've assessed their needs and wants. What do you expect to see next season with this offense? Yeah, Paulie. You know, I think in a couple of areas. Number one, I think running the ball even more physically from the shotgun. I think that's something that we're going to see. And more of Kyler Murray under center. More of now, now Paul, do I think it's going to be 30 snaps? Um, a game? No, I don't think it's going to be that. But I do believe it's going to be a third of the snaps from under center. And that, that number will vary based, once again, on who it is that they're playing. But this offense is only going to get better next season. And Kyler knows, once again, he knows. He doesn't have to guess. He doesn't have to dream. He doesn't have to speculate. He knows he can play from under center and be successful. That is huge because confidence is the currency of competition, and he needs to be confident. He's going to buy and he's going to sell his performance and his production based on his confidence level, and he can be confident with this offense going forward, and you cannot overstate that, Paul. To me, I think where they get better next season is the big play strike. How many times this season did they miss Hollywood Brown? When he was healthy, he was getting open. He was beating man coverage, press man coverage. I mean, he was open downfield, and they didn't maximize him nearly enough. His game film was a lot better than the box score. So whether it's Hollywood Brown who comes back because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, whether it's another big play receiver via the draft or free agency. But I'll say this. The Cardinals ended up number one in the NFL in explosive runs. They had 23 runs of more than 20 yards. And I got to imagine a lot of that has to do with having a Kyla Murray, right? Where defense has to worry about a running quarterback and then someone else gets loose to the second level and rips it for a big run. No doubt about it, Bully. And right now, they're only going to build on what he's done. That really gets me jacked up because I think they're going to evolve big time. Hey, join the Cardinals season ticket priority list. 2024 opponents include the Bears, Chargers, Pats, Jets, Lions, Commanders, the division. For more info, go to azcardinals.com slash priority list. Big Red Rage rolls on right after this. Snap to Murray. Blitz coming. Murray backing up. Close into the end zone. Middle of the end zone. Pulled in by Wilson for a touchdown. I told you all from day one, you know, I watched his senior bowl and I was like, yeah, that kid knows, you know, he knows what he's doing. I could tell, you know, and then just obviously he had zero catches uh, two weeks in a row. And that's not, you know, again, not a real representation of, you know, what I think we could be. Now we'll get a full offseason under our belt. Uh, You know, I I think next year, you know, Mike will have a big year. Yeah, you hope the whole 
Kyler to Michael Wilson connection and improvement is a harbinger of things to come for the entire team, for the entire offense, because there was that two-game stretch there where he had zero catches on seven targets, and by the season finale, he had six catches on six targets for 95 yards and a big game against Seattle, and all of a sudden he was a big play receiver again, Michael Wilson. It's the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, down the stretch we come, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. So if you want numbers on the rookies this season, the Cardinals led the NFL with 11 rookies starting at least one game. Those rookies who started combined for an NFL high 64 starts. The Cardinals are the only team to start six rookies in one game. I mean, Wolf, just this rookie class, whether you were drafted or undrafted, uh, you know, whether you're a Starling Thomas or Amari DiMercato, they were critical on either side of the ball, undrafted guys. How, how much do you think all these game reps are going to pay off next yeah. season? Paulie, honestly, I think it's going to be huge. Whether they're they're going to take that next step and be a starter, Paul, or whether they're just going to be a backup next year, whatever it may be, man, all of those reps that these guys got this year, it's going to make them better. That much we know. You're not going to get worse because of experience. You're not. It will make them better. How much better, Paul? That remains to be seen right now, and a lot of that has got to do with their talent level, of course, and their toughness. We're going to have to wait and see how it evolves, but the fact that all these rookies got as many reps as they did, that's never going to hurt a team. And you know what? You found out what you have, and now you have a better understanding of what you need in the offseason because all these rookies got serious playing time. So you're like, okay, are they potential fits on the depth chart or not? With Michael Wilson – I think we all agree that he has serious upside. Would you not, Wolf? Just the size, just the smarts, the natural catching ability, the gamesmanship. I mean, uh, how impressed were you with Michael Wilson? No doubt about it, Paulie. I think, listen, um, you talked about it already, the the couple of games that he played where he was targeted seven times and, and had no receptions whatsoever. I thought the last game, of course, was huge for him. To almost eclipse that 100-yard mark right there, I thought that was really, really important for him. But more important, I thought Kyler Murray targeting him as often as he did and throwing the ball to him. It was almost, almost like he was saying, listen, I know you're good. Go prove it. Here's your opportunity. Prove it to everybody that's watching. And guess what? Michael Wilson responded. I think there are other guys on this roster as well that will take a big step going forward. And I think Michael Wilson is one of those guys. And I also think, Paulie, Paris Johnson Jr. is another. And you know what? Both guys have one thing in common. They're playing for their quarterback. All right. One is directly protecting him. We'll get to Paris Johnson Jr. in a moment. Here's Michael Wilson when we asked him about Kyler Murray. I feel extremely responsible to play at a high level for him because I'm playing for his legacy, right? Being a Heisman Trophy winner, being a number one pick, being a franchise quarterback, we signed a big contract. He's got a lot of responsibility, and I want to make sure I'm playing at a high level to play a you know a positive role in his story. That's pretty profound for a rookie. I mean, uh, probably emblematic of the fact he went to Stanford right there. But he also said at one point, I had earned Kyler's trust. Now, if you're Kyler Murray and you're looking at your right tackle, Paris Johnson Jr., who started every game, played every snap on offense, the only offensive player to do that, what sort of trust do you think Kyler has in that tackle they got six overall? 
Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I'm hoping that it's the trust that is there, of course, that was developed this year. It's going to be there next year. But, Paul, there's no way in the world Paris Johnson Jr. doesn't get better next year. There's, I, I, I'm sorry. He's not going to take a step back. He's got all the athleticism you could possibly want. He's got everything you need from a great tackle. And I could build a case that would say with Kyler Murray as your quarterback, being a right-handed quarterback, where Paris Johnson Jr. as your right tackle – the right tackle might even be more important than the left tackle because mm. the left tackle is a blind side. With Kyler Murray, the right tackle is not the blind side. It's the side that you can see. And because of his height, he's very sensitive to that. He will move around that pocket a lot. If you've got Paris Johnson Jr. out there and he's a rock at right tackle, that's going to bring a lot of aid, comfort, and shelter to Kyler Murray. But if there's a opponent color flashing in front of Kyler Murray all the time because your right tackle is breaking down, that's going to move him out of that pocket a whole lot more. I mean, think of all the guys he saw this year. Because I would talk to Paris about this in the locker room. He saw Aaron Donald twice, Nick Bosa twice. He yeah. got T.J. Watt to his side most of the game. A Miles Garrett he went against. Will Anderson to his side most of the game. He got Montez Sweat a lot. Trey Hendrickson, who was number two in the NFL in sacks, the Bengals guy. All the while, he avoided the rookie wall. He said the last two weeks, Ain't no rookie wall. I never hit it. I'm good. And so I was really impressed with him from the get-go because he was the starter immediately upon being drafted. Paul, honestly, right now, if he, if you wanted to you know, give an award to a guy that was the glue guy of the year, you could point to Paris Johnson Jr. for all the reasons you just said. The fact that he played in all 17 games, he started all 17 games and did not miss a rep. I mean, the fact that he was out there, and yeah, was every game perfect? No. Was every rep perfect? Of course not. Um, He had his share of mistakes, and he's going to learn and develop how to deal with those going forward. But, man, Paris Johnson Jr., you could build a case. He was the glue. He was the glue on the offensive line, and he was a glue guy for this team in his rookie year. So there was an incident at the end of the Steelers game where T.J. Watt got into it with Paris Johnson Jr. I can tell you now, I have from reliable sources, that T.J. Watt (laughs) didn't like the fact that Paris was taking him out of bounds. Every game, Paris tries to take at least one guy out of bounds. It's sort of his calling card. It's his signature thing he started doing at Ohio State. T.J. Watt was like, oh, boy. He's tra-, and he fell to the ground immediately and then just started, started tussling with Paris because he didn't like the fact that the rookie had him and was sending him out of bounds. And so he plays with that sort of nasty streak. And so now we wonder with the injury to D.J. Humphreys in the contract situation, how viable, how likely is it that Paris Johnson Jr. could be your starting left tackle next year? Yeah, you know, once again, that's going to be really, really interesting to see what they do. And then, of course, immediately you think of the draft as well. And I'm not going to mention any names because we don't want to go down that path, Paulie. Well, but there to- is a Notre Dame tackle and a you know, Penn State <laughs> tackle, but anyway. Right, that's a Penn State tackle, too. Yeah, I kind of yeah, like that yeah. guy an awful lot. And his name is kind of really, really cool yeah. as well. But having said that, again, 
I, I think you could build a case why that right tackle is even more important than that left tackle, Paul. Was there another rookie that really stood out to you this year, whether it was six-rounder Dante Stills who got a lot of reps in that banged-up D-line, Garrett Williams who came back midseason, played, was a, an immediate starter at nickel. I mean, was there another guy, Amari DiMercato, a Starling Thomas, anybody else who really stood out to you this year? Yeah, you know, B.J. Ojolari, once again, mm. I, I think he flashed from time to time, Paulie, but he, he wasn't consistent. And I think getting that first year out of the way is really going to help B.J. Ojolari because, yeah, it's great to see him flash here and flash in this game and make a play here and make a play there, but it all comes down to consistency. And, Paulie, the one thing I know about B.J. Ojolari is this is a great kid. This is a kid who cares about what it is that he's doing. And because of that, I think he's going to explode next year. I think he's going to get better. He wants to get better. He cares about getting better. He's got some athleticism. He's got the talent to take that next step. So to me, I'm, I'm looking at B.J. Ojolari. I tell you what, that would be a best-case scenario. If you're trying to identify one guy who can make that Trey McBride leap from rookie year to year two. Yeah. What a phenomenal season it was for Trey McBride. Set franchise records. B.J. Ojolari would go a long way considering this team had one sack over its final six games. They need pass rush. They need Big to get time. to the quarterback. Hey, reminder, Cardinals student pass allows college students to get in on Cardinals internships, discounts, networking events, ticket offers, and more. Visit azcardinals.com slash pass. All right, special thanks, Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher, Ali Narini. For Craig Wolfley, we had dueling Wolfleys on this edition of the Big Red Rage. I'm Paul Calvisi. For Ron Wolfley, we've been presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price, right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. The Rage is brought to you by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.